Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It is NBA Draft Day, the most anticipated NBA Draft Day in quite some time, I would argue. Even if there's not a lot of mystery to it, at least not at the very top, Wemby might be free in the universe. He said I'm, as much. I'm free in the universe. I, I do whatever I can, and I know what I want to do. I love it. He is free in the universe, but after tonight, he will be very much restricted to playing for the San Antonio Spurs. He'll always be free in the universe. Nobody can ever take that away from him, and I don't think that'll ever change. That's his whole point, and he's right. He's just not going to be free in the association. I've got a feeling he's going to be a spur for a very, very, very long time. But before we jump into any more on the draft, I do have to address my half-fam, Chowda Nation. Because my fellow Chowds, or half-Chowds, or half-fam, have a lot to process this morning thanks to a pretty shocking trade late last night. Chris Tapp's Porzingis is on his way to Boston But that's not even really the surprising part because that had been rumored for quite some time. The surprising part is the guy who's on the way out is Marcus Smart. That's surprising. On his way to Memphis, actually, is part of a three-team deal. Meanwhile, a lot of Celtic fans went to bed last night thinking that the guy who was going to be on the move was Malcolm Brogdon in a three-way deal with the Clippers. However, that fell apart. So, Malk isn't going anywhere. Not as of now. You imagine that. Like, hey, no hard feelings, Malk. We love you, bro. What do you mean you love me, bro? You had sent me to the Clippers last night when I went to bed. No hard feelings, Malk. You're our guy. You're a part of the championship formula. You're a part of our identity, our culture, our DNA. No, I'm not. You traded me. I was halfway out the door. So instead, arguably the actual heart and soul of the Celtics culture and identity is on his way out, which I guess tells you everything you need to know about what the Celtics management thought about their heart and their soul and their identity and their DNA. You know, on the one hand, I can't fault an aggressive move for another major scoring threat and great interior defender, and he is those things, Porzingis, when he's out there. And he was out there last season. But after nine years in Chowtown, half fam, I understand why the Celtic fan base is a little stunned this morning to see Smart go. You know why they're a little stunned? Because it's freaking stunning. Maybe it makes them better. Maybe it gives them a better chance of winning right now. I mean, it better... Either way, it is a jaw-dropper. It is. But Celtics fan, you think you feel the way you feel. How would you feel if you were a Wizards fan right about now? Wizard fan just watched their team trade away Rui Hachimura, Bradley Beal, and now Porzingis, and do not get a single first-round pick in return for all of those guys. I'll remind you once again, the Jazz got four first-rounders for Rudy Gobert a year ago. But Washington couldn't even pull one back for any of these dudes or all of these dudes? 
And here's the kicker. The Celtics actually got two first-rounders back in this deal. Somehow, Boston winds up with arguably the best player in the deal and two first-rounders, including one tonight, which they didn't have, which is, again, why it's hard for me to believe or hard to me to say that this is not a good risk, a good gamble, and maybe even a really good piece of business for Brad Stevens. And it's even more difficult for me to look at the Wizards without asking, what are we doing here? I mean, what are we doing here? What are we, what's what going are we on? Doing here? What are we doing here? Essentially, the Celtics just landed a version of the dude who's going number one overall tonight. A smooth moving, rangy shooting, rim protecting giant. And yes, durability with Porzingis has been a big question mark. But he did play 65 games last year, which is kind of a high mark for him. And he's only 27. And I don't think you'll ever hear Porzingis say, despite this fact, he'll never say he's free in the universe. I get that. But that wasn't Wemby's only impressive answer this week. Check out CBS Sports Radio's own Zach Gelb lobbing him a question yesterday about the insane hype level around his NBA arrival. When you hear something like that, do you even think that the hype has just gone a little bit too far surrounding you in the NBA? No. Um, you know, I, I don't let this, all, this, uh, all, all this stuff get into my head because, you know, I got such high expectations for myself that uh, I'm immune to all this stuff. So, no, I, don't, I really don't care. Man, the big fella, Wemby, free in the universe and immune to the hype. Like, I really don't care. This guy's incredible. These are amazing answers. Incredible answers. But incredible answers never got a bucket in the NBA. That's true. Just like no football coach ever won a game in an intro presser. Also true. The fact that this dude at age 19 can handle questions the way he handles them in his second language doesn't really say all that much about how he's going to pan out on the floor. But it is really freaking impressive and really freaking different and really freaking refreshing. And I cannot really say any of those things about the anticipated second overall pick. You might remember this dude from a horribly tragic situation in Tuscaloosa. A tragic situation that resulted in the death of a 23-year-old mother that hung over the college hoop season like the most depressing basketball marine layer ever. You remember, wrong spot, wrong time guy? That's right, that guy, Brandon Miller who you clones have very unfortunately glossed, Brandon Killer, is widely expected to go number two overall tonight to the Hornets. And you might not be too surprised to hear it, but this dude does not sound anything like Wemby when he opens up his mouth. If Wemby sounds brilliant when he opens his mouth, Brandon Miller sounds the exact opposite of brilliant, which I can't say is a shocker. But I can say his take on the GOAT 
is absolutely unequivocally shocking. I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the goat of basketball. I think my goat of basketball is Paul George. And, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. I know the audio was not great, but it was audible enough that you heard what that guy just said. He just seriously said that LeBron's not the GOAT, but Paul George is. Paul George is Brandon Miller's GOAT. My GOAT of basketball is Paul George. Paul George. Hey, listen, I get saying that it's not LeBron. That's not an issue. The issue is saying that it's Paul George. I mean, dude, the whole GOAT thing has gotten so stupid and so lame and so hot take and so fat and so lazy and so played out that now we're calling Paul George a GOAT. If Paul George is a GOAT, then everybody is a GOAT. You get a goat. You get a goat. You get a goat. We all get goats. Give me a break. Goat is an acronym for greatest of all time. It does not mean my favorite player of all time or the dude on the poster above my bed back in the day or the guy that I want to have a beer with. It means what it means. And goat never belongs in the same sentence with Paul George. However, Miller was only getting started. He was not done disgracing goats because if you think about it, he's about to get drafted by the Hornets, a.k.a. the actual goats team. Mike's team. Well, technically not anymore because Mike sold the team. But for some bizarre reason, he still gets the final say on the second overall pick tonight. So I've got to wonder if his final say changed at all after Brandon Miller not only said that Paul George is the GOAT, but also swerved way out of his lane to air him out like this yesterday on Sirius XM NBA radio. I know my, my talents and my abilities. Uh, you can't really let Jordan get in your head, you know. It, it might make him feel good and make you feel bad. So uh, kind of talk some trash back to him. I witnessed him airball the free throw, too. So wait, so J- always, Jordan airballed the yeah, free throw. I always, have that, I always have that up against him. How did he? Was he having a, a free throw? Know. How did that happen? Was he having a contest? Him with him? Just old. It's him just being old. Him Ooh, been old. you been old. Craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business. They take their smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, clones, be sure to ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? How did he, was he having a, a free throw? How did that happen? Was he having a contest with you? Sim just been old. Ooh. Been old. You've been old.
I mean, bro, are you trying to come off like a five-star player and a zero-star human being? Because if that's your intent, it's working. Yo, man, he's old. I saw him airball a free ball just being old. or a free throw. I've got that up against him. Dude, you got nothing against him. I'm not saying Mike's a perfect human being, but I'm saying that you're coming off like a zero-star human being. You got, What do you mean you've got that against him? you got nothing against him. That's not trash talk. Paul George is the GOAT, and you'll call MJ old and remind him that you saw him airball a free throw, and you've got that against him. Him just being old. You're going to say all these things Ooh. about the guy who's holding on to the second overall pick. I mean, this dude. This dude talks goat without mentioning Mike and then airs Mike out for airballing a free throw and then calls him old. Wow. I can't wait for the big spin tonight about what amazing character this guy has. Dude. You better be ready for that old man to come at you when you do end up in Charlotte. Keep your dome on a swivel, kid. Now he's going to pick you just so he can kick your ass on the way out the door. I mean, damn, dude. Y'all tell me, who would you rather be welcoming to your franchise? The seven-foot dude who is free in the universe and immune to hype or the guy who thinks that Paul George is the GOAT and that Mike is old, and that he saw Mike airball free throw, and he's got that that he can hold over his head. Him just being old. I'm immune wrong to guy stuff, at the so. wrong time? Yeah, I'll say. Wrong place at the wrong time. Wrong guy at the wrong time. Five-star human, zero-star human. Or five-star player, zero-star human. I mean, come on, dude, do better. Maybe that's his way of getting out of going to the Hornets by calling out, quote, the old man, by saying that Paul George is the GOAT. If this guy, this genius, is sitting around thinking, man, I do not want to go there. I do not want to go there. And apparently Mike likes me a little. Mike's going to pick me. What can I do not to go there? Well, I could be around where somebody else is badly hurt or even killed again, but that's not a good idea. Oh, I know. I'll say Paul George is the GOAT. My GOAT about is Paul George. It is? That's f- bullshit. Maybe this guy wants to play with Dame. Maybe he wants to go to Portland. What can I say to piss Mike off? Oh, I know. Pandemic P is the GOAT. That ought to do it. My GOAT about is Paul George. My GOAT in basketball is Smush Parker. I mean, dude. Now, you know what I should say? Mike? Now, Mike sucked. My goat in basketball is Scottie Pippen. Mike's nothing without Pippen. He's nothing. Mike's nothing. Mike is a sixth man without Scottie Pippen. And if Scottie Pippen's not my goat, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is. Zeke is. Isaiah Thompson's my goat. Don't pick me, old man. I saw you airball free throw once. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant, 
doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. He is Eric Musselman, E. Musk. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, JR. Thanks so much for having me on. Musk, always good to have you on. So how are you feeling and what is the mood and vibe like for you and the players a few hours ahead of what could be a very big night for the program? I'll tell you what, Jim, it's, I mean, it's, it's surreal really to think that, you know, we potentially could have four players drafted uh, in, in, in a draft. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Two potential lottery picks in Nick Smith and Anthony Black, and then two other players in Ricky Council and Jordan Walsh. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm here in New York. Um, you know, I'll be in the green room tonight. That's a first time experience for me. I, I kind of look back, Jim, at my own career and not too many things at my age is like a first time, but, but I have angst. I, I got uh, incredible um, anticipation for, for what's going to happen for these four young men and lives are going to change tonight, um, you know, for, for four of our players. And so we're really, really excited. Um, you know, the, the vibe in, in New York City, you know, for the draft when you're around different functions and there were some parties last night. There'll be some parties tonight post-draft. Uh, really, really special for the players and their families. We are talking to Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman. I love that. So, Mus, let's talk about some of these guys. Why don't we start with Anthony Black, your point guard. He has emerged, as you point out, as a likely lottery pick. He had 13 points, five rebounds, and four assists as a freshman. But as good as those numbers are, I'm still not sure they tell the full story. How does he project on the next level, and what does the team that select him going to get well Jim first of all Anthony Black is not a guy that numbers are are meaningful to him personally and they're not his numbers show up in the wind column you're talking about a freshman that led the SEC the most talented basketball league in the country he led that league in minutes played so that shows you his value he's six foot seven and a half Uh, as a freshman he played strictly the point guard position which meant that he had smaller players, smaller college players, players four years older than him at times, you know, trying to crawl up in him and disrupt him. Uh, he, he never got rattled. He's got incredible composure, a great leader, very, very well liked by his teammates. There's a great deal of interest uh, for sure. Matter of fact, there are teams that, that have discussed even trading up to potentially uh, grab him. Um, you know, so somebody's going to get a true winner. Somebody's going to get somebody that's going to contribute on the floor. It's going to be a guy that's going to be great in the community um, as well, whoever drafts him. Uh, but again, a player that, that led the entire SEC in minutes played. Um, so he gained valuable uh, in-game experience uh, as well this year. And the funny thing is, is, you know, if an NBA team calls and says, hey, do you think Anthony Black can play point guard? It's almost laughable. I'm like, yo, dude, have you seen us play? Did you watch an Arkansas game? Did you turn on the tape? He never played any position but the point guard. Why would he not be able to play that position at the next level? I love it. Eric Musselman joining us, Arkansas head basketball coach. He's in New York for the draft. Eric, you mentioned Nick Smith. He was limited to just 17 games last season as a freshman due to a knee injury, but he was still good for 13 points per game. Given that some saw him as the number one high school prospect coming out, 
How impressed were you with his toughness and his willingness to battle with his teammates instead of shutting it down in order to protect his draft stock when he was hurt? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a player that, you know, as you mentioned, Jr. he came in as the number one player in the country in his class. Uh, he's six foot five. Uh, he's way stronger than he looks. He's wiry strong. He's going to be able to play a lot more point guard than he did um, at Arkansas. He was a he was a combo guard for us, a scoring guard. Before he got hurt the first time in our overseas tour, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, he can get his own shot when the shot clock winds down, which I think is one of the biggest adjustments for players when they go from college uh, to the NBA is a shorter shot clock, more quick-hitting sets, and then when the sets break down, you better be able to beat your man off the bounce. Uh, and Nick Smith is a guy that can do that. Um, he's a guy that plays with skates, with the basketball. He's got a bag off the dribble. Um, and he's a much better on-ball pressure defender than people think. He's going to be a guy that I think his best position defensively will be guarding point guards. Um, and, and I think, you know, teams that pass him up, um, you know, could, could, could be discussed in many years after. Why did we not draft Nick Smith? Because he has that type of skill level. Um, and he's got a flair to his game that's extremely exciting to watch and is cosmetically pleasing for fans. Eric Musselman is joining us. Some us we mentioned off the very top. You could match the 1992 Razorback team that made school history when four players were drafted. What about the other two guys? Do you see either or both of them getting drafted? And how do you think they look on the next level? Well, it's interesting, Jim, because like a guy like Jordan Walsh, I mean, he, he could go in the late first. Um, he has probably the widest range as we've done research with NBA teams. There's a lot of teams uh, that are very intrigued with his upside. Uh, he's a violent defender. He loves to jump passing lanes. He could be assigned the top offensive, at least in, at the collegiate level, was assigned the top uh, offensive guy that could play the two or the three or the four. So he's got great versatility. Um, he's a better shooter, I think, than people realize as far as spot shooting. He's going to continue to gain confidence as a shooter once he gets more time under his belt. So those first three guys we talked about, the difference between this year's Arkansas draft class and the past is the age. We're talking about three guys that are one-and-done players, which there had never been a one-and-done player at Arkansas prior to Moses Moody a few years ago. So three one-and-done players in one draft, incredible. And then Ricky Council, one of the best scorers in the SEC, uh, a guy that can play the two and the three, and we even ran him at some point guard at times when we needed a basket. He's a very underrated ball handler in pick-and-roll situations. He can really run the floor, would be best suited to a team that really likes to play in transition, and he's got the athleticism and strength combination to be a very, very good defender at the two-three spot and does a good job rebounding his position as well. Would love to see all four guys get drafted. Eric Musselman joining us. So, Mus, before you go, since you're there and we're talking about the draft, i got to get your thoughts on the number one overall pick, Wemby. We've already seen him take New York by storm off the floor. What do you make of what you've seen from him on the floor, and are there other NBA stars that he reminds you of in any way? I think he's just so unique in, in um, you know, how he plays, his size, um, you know, probably going to the perfect place in, in San Antonio because of Coach Popovich's 
past with young, great players. Um, when you think of David Robinson and, and Tim Duncan, and then you add in the fact that Coach Popovich and the Spurs have done a great job of, of making players from outside the United States uh, feel great comfort uh, in San Antonio and playing in their style when you think of Tony Parker and Ginobili. Um, so it's a really perfect fit for player, perfect fit for organization, and a good fit with player coach as well. Um, but, but, you know, I think that what we see as rookie year is not what anybody's going to see in year five and six. In year five and six, um, when he gets stronger, has a better lower base uh, below his waist and his legs. And, and, and I mean, it's going to be incredible. He's, you know, he very well could be as good as any player we've ever seen in three or four years. Mm. Eric Musselman joins us. Mus, you've made the shirtless celebration legendary. No small feat once you get to our age. You know how easy it is to pack it on, how hard it is to shed the <laughs> weight. With summer upon us, Mus, we don't want to be the ones to be in the pool or at the beach or the lake with our shirts on in the water. I need some general tips regarding your workout regimen and nutrition. Generally, how do you approach it, especially this time of year? Well, it's, I mean, for us, we have our one-week uh, getaway over July 4th in San Diego, and I can promise you when I'm riding a beach cruiser uh, down Mission Beach on the boardwalk, I want to have my shirt off for sure. Um, so, you know, you got to lay off the carbs. Uh, an hour cardio, an hour weightlifting seven days a week will certainly help, especially if you're over the age of 50 years old. I guarantee that. The San Diego diet, and dude, listen, if you lay off the carbs and you do an hour of cardio and you lift for an hour and you do it seven days a week, yeah, Mus, I guarantee that will help. I guarantee that will help. I know that will help. All right, Mus, I know it's a huge, huge night for you and for the program and for the players. Good luck. Hopefully they all four get drafted. Great to have you on the show, Mus. Have a great time in New York. Thanks, JR. It's always awesome to join you. Appreciate you. U.S. Cellular is introducing us mode. You know, it's kind of like airplane mode, but for people. It's a way to set up your phone so it does not get in the way of people really being with each other. Block distractions. Make way for real connections. Give it a try. Visit U.S. Cellular in-store or online, and they'll help set up your phone to us mode. Free. Even if you're not a customer, built for superior 5G connection and real human connection, U.S. Cellular, built for us. Find out more at uscellular.com slash find us. We are joined by Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon, good to have you. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm great. Good, doing? good. Doing great. Listen, OTAs are finished. I'm curious. How are you going to spend the next month before things really get going with the start of training camp? I'll be in California, man. I'll be training. I'll be getting this work in. Uh, really just trying to be great and really get ready for the season. It's good to have you back home. Always good to see a Cali guy come back. So you you don't make it in the top five as a draft pick, nor an all-rookie team, unless you've got high personal standards. Looking back on last season, your first season, how would you assess the way you played? What kind of grades would you give yourself? Um, I give myself a C. I say that because, you know, I had a lot of big goals and I wasn't able to uh, reach all of them, but I gave myself room for improvement. I showed some good plays. I showed some good games, and I gave myself a lot to build off of. All right, so, dude, you're pretty tough on yourself. If you gave yourself a C, what do you think you did well? What were you happy about? Um, I was able to set the edge. I played the run pretty well. Um, I was able to make some plays in some big-time games, and uh, I was able I was able to start, to start you know, my pass rush uh, arsenal. 
All right, speaking of your pass rush, Arsenal, you know, we're, we're used to you making so many impact plays at Oregon where you were a unanimous All-American. I know sacks, Kayvon, are not the end-all. In fact, sacks can be pretty overrated. But that said, are you looking to build on the four that you had last season and get to the quarterback more consistently? Is that part of the goal? <laughs> Definitely. Even when I get to the quarterback, it's really about finishing. Right, that's the main thing. So being able to finish when those plays are, you know, they come to me. All right, so the Giants took an enormous step last season. They went from four wins to nine wins. They won their first playoff game in 11 seasons, but you do play in a division with the reigning NFC champs, Philadelphia. Now the Jets are getting all this buzz with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. Because of all that, are folks sleeping on you and overlooking the Giants? I mean, I'm not too worried about it. You know, people, people are worried about hype. People are worried about big stories. So once the season gets started, that's when everything kind of play out. I was going to ask you, I mean, if they are, if they are, do you like it that way or does it feel disrespectful and does it kind of piss you off to a degree? Uh, no, it's definitely not. I don't think it's disrespectful. You know, people like big stories. And for us, we don't like to, to get those stories out until the season starts. So right now it's a great time to keep our head down, grind, and continue to, you know, climb that mountain. Kayvon Thibodeau is joining us. So I recently had a conversation with your teammate, Jalen Smith. He was raving about your head coach, Brian Dable, and his ability to communicate with his players and relate to his players. What do you enjoy most about playing for Dable? I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a player's coach. I think Jalen said it really well. He's a guy who, you know, really looks to the players to, to, to play the game. And, you know, this is, this is a game that, that he always says is a player's game. So him looking into us and him kind of, you know, giving us that leadership, giving us that, um, just the courage, I guess. You know, we always we have it, but when you have a coach in the back office that believes in the players, it makes it that much better. All right, speaking of leadership, let me ask you about your quarterback, Daniel Jones. He had a breakout season last year. He got rewarded with that big contract extension. On the outside looking in, he's kind of a tough dude for me to get a read on, but you're on the inside. So what's he like as a teammate, and what kind of a leader is he? I mean, he's a guy who leads by example. You know, he's the first one in, last one out. He always does the little things. And, you know, he's really focused on the big picture. And I think that's what's great. He never really, you know, looks too far ahead, but he understands that, you know, every day he can get better for that, for that end goal. All right, so also yesterday on this show, I had a conversation with uh, longtime NFL running back Melvin Gordon. And this guy said point blank, Kayvon. He said point blank, it sucks to be a running back right now and that it's the worst position in the league. That's the actual quote, unquote. And, of course, the Giants used that franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. You know, he might be thinking the same thing. I don't know exactly what he's thinking, but I wouldn't blame him if he thought the same thing. Have you checked in on him as his situation plays out? And what kind of a headspace do you think Saquon's in? I mean, Saquon is a guy who always wants to be great. So I think that this is something that, the business, you know, it's a part of the business. I think it'll all shake out for the best. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think right now he's working and he's going to, you know, have an amazing season uh, when his time does come and when it is time to suit up. All right, so this show is based in Southern California. You're an L.A. native. You started both Dorsey High and Oaks Christian before you went to Oregon. When you talk to your teammates who went to the SEC and Big Ten schools, do they have an understanding of how good West Coast football is? Do you rep Cali in your locker room? That's the only way to. We got a, we got a nice amount of Cali guys, you know, whether it be USC, UCLA guys uh, that are up there, but Definitely understanding, uh, you know, that, that the West is back. It's never really left. But, you know, there's a lot of firepower that comes out of the West, and, and it, it'll never change. 
glad to hear you say that. As a Los Angeles native myself, I'm glad to hear you say that. Now, speaking of Cali, you're going to have your first annual youth football and cheer camp. How hyped are you, now that you're in the league, to have this opportunity? How hyped are you to host your inaugural camp? And then what can you tell us about the camp? Um, I'm super excited. I mean, it would be really a, a camp for the community, right? So it's a it's a place where all all the football players and cheerleaders can come out, get some good good uh, learning, some good education, some good mentorship, and then the parents can also come out, have food, uh, fun, music, and things like that. I think the great part is not only are we you know offering you know high level training for the kids, but then we're getting them physicals, um, we're giving them mentorship, and then we have a great uh, partnership with the Park Retro Cienega, uh, formerly known as Jackie Robinson, but we got a great relationship with them, so they're going to let us kind of use their facilities, and they're really pouring into the foundation. So this is going to be our home base, and this is going to be where, you know, we're able to really service the community. Okay, so good for you. So when is this happening? Are there spots still available? There definitely are spots still available. The RSVP is now closed, so now we're only taking walk-ups. But it'll be happening on uh, this Saturday, actually, on the 24th. Uh, starts at uh, 12 o'clock. Um, Everybody will be probably getting there early around 11 just to, for the festivities and things like that. But, yeah, the football, the football and cheer are going to start taking off at uh, 12. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun day. All right, so when you were growing up, did you have something like that? And if so, how important was that to you? So it's funny. I actually I did, but it was more um, college-based, right? I used to go to camps when I was in high school, the USC 7-on-7 camps and things like that. But at a younger age, I never had anything like it or had any NFL players come back. So, me being here now, I know how important that is for for the community and a lot of kids around to kind of see, and you know, just for me to be tangible. So, dude, what NFL players do you have coming back? Uh, right now, it's uh, Bobby Okereke be out. Um, uh, Jamar Jefferson from uh, Detroit, he'll be out there. Um, I want to say Dory Jackson will be out there, and uh, Darnay Holmes, all teammates of mine. I like it. I like it a lot. Good yeah. dudes, too. Kayvon Thibodeau yeah. joining us. So that camp is coming up this weekend. That's a very good cause. Coming off an effective rookie year. Dude, I'm going to give you better than a C. On the outside looking in, I'm going to give you a better than a C for last year. But I respect for you, where you're coming from, man. You're all about the excellence. Listen, great to have you on the show. Have a great weekend, and I know we'll do it again soon. Thank you. You have a good one. Caleb in Green Bay. Yo, champ. What's up, player? Jim, thanks for the time. This RSVP is dedicated to the man who puts the word vine in bovine. When Jim says, let's go to Richmond, Jeff from Richmond, every clone in America will get out his bingo card and begin to lay it, the stamp it down on all the tired wrestling phrases that have been dripping out of Jeff's gaping orifice for the last two decades. You often talk about the fruited plains, Jeff, but let's be honest. The only fruit you'll ever have in your mouth is at the end of your life, Jeff, when your family jams an apple in there, breaks out the Hawaiian shirts and the hula skirts and the ukuleles, Jeff, and roasts your bloated carcass over an open pit flame. You pig. Aloha means goodbye. It also means see you at the luau. And I know what a lot of the morally bankrupt clones are thinking right about now, that Caleb should not be allowed to make fun of Jeff's weight, but I disagree. Every year, we let Vic and NoCal and Rick and Buffalo tear into each other for 20 minutes, and both of those idiots are butt ugly, so I don't see the difference. People often call me unathletic, but do you have any idea the kind of lateral quickness one has to have in order to beat Jeff to the last crispy chicken breast at the buffet line? 
Barry Sanders couldn't touch me. Deion Sanders couldn't touch me. The nuclear weapon that was Bob Sanders couldn't touch me. Colonel Sanders has tried, fried, and failed to bring down the king of smack. And I'll tell you something else, You said last week you don't want a kinder, gentler king. You want a king full of bile and battery acid, yet you come in here full of baloney and acid reflux and expect us to bow down to you a second time. You also said that lightning isn't going to strike twice, and it's been well documented that I do eclairs. I do eclairs, but my favorite fact about the French language, Jeff, is that the word eclair literally translates to a flash of lightning. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that lightning will strike not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven times, Jeff. But the bottom line is this, that as long as Jim Rome hosts the great American smack-off, Caleb in Green Bay will be a factor. So get you one of those seatbelt extenders for that luxury sled and buckle up, fat boy. On the great state of Wisconsin, on the proliferation of skanks in Hunter Biden's Rolodex, on Nick Casario being the illegitimate child of Marty Feldman's eyeball, on Caleb making a better Jeff call than Jeff has made in 21 years. And until next time, Jim. Good night now. So there are only five more shows after today until Smack Off 29, which means five more shows, eight more sleeps, and only three more player profiles left to go, which means there are only Jungle Titans left to profile. And that definitely applies to the dude that's going to get the treatment right now. In fact, the dude getting the treatment right now might be the most prolific Jungle contributor in the field right now. I'm not sure there's even a debate. Nobody in the past year, the past calendar year, has been more hungry or more aggressive or more consistent than Broadway Victor. That's right. Today, Vic and NoCal gets his shine. He is a former champ. He's hit the podium five times. He might be the single most dangerous and controversial clone in the jungle. Just ask him. He will be the first to tell you. Vic loves him some Vic, but I love me some Vic because there's never really been anybody quite like Broadway to come around here. He's always been dangerous and always will be, but everybody else needs to be on high alert right now because this dude is locked in. He's been basically a daily contributor in some form or fashion since he finished his call in last year's smack off. An excellent call in last year's smack-off. A call so good, it nearly won him his second strap. Rome, like the Golden State Warriors, I've returned from the depths to reclaim what is mine. They call me LL Coolby because I'm cool and the ladies love me. But don't you call it a comeback. Just call me Joaquin because like the Phoenix, I rose from the ashes to drop straight fire. Straight fire, harder than the twin sons of Tatooine. You can ask Shonik and Skywalker about that one. He'll tell you all about it. Rome, thanks for the vine. Clones, my name is Vic, but everyone calls me Broadway because I have a way with broads. King Victor is back, bitches. How's that grab you? King Victor is back, bitches. 
At least that call put him back on the podium for the second year in a row. And you bet your ass, King Victor will be a factor again come Friday, a week from Friday. The thing about Vic that makes him so dangerous is you're never quite sure what angle he's going to play. But his bread and butter, his calling card, is devastating, targeted takedowns. As Rick in Buffalo has learned on more than one occasion. Well, we all know Rick in Buffalo likes to keep a bucket of piss next to him when he calls. He also has this hill that he likes to call from because he gets a good signal up there or something. Well, do me a favor, okay, Rick? Next time you go up to your little hill, take the piss bucket with you, and when you get to the top of the hill, stick the bucket over your head and put the car in neutral, all right, buddy? And stop acting like you're some kind of hard-ass, Rick. Dude, you're like five foot four. I could super glue you to the front of my car and turn you into a hood ornament. And I would, except your big-ass nose would block my view of the road. Holy crap, Rick. I bet you can smell the future with that thing, man. I mean, with that schnoz, I'm not sure if I should call you Rick in Buffalo or Beaks in Buffalo City. Rome, you know Rick in Buffalo's nose operates on Tom Coughlin time. It always arrives at meetings 10 minutes earlier than he does. I mean, clearly this guy can run vicious straight smack. But he also loves his impersonations, most famously his mutt in L.A. Ladies, mujeres, if you're mesmerized by the menagerie of man candy and the mutt in L.A. montage, then holla at your boy. You know where to find me. Down on my knees, neck deep in some toilet I'm having to unclog because some Delta Bravo frat boy jammed a big old turd in the pipes. Romy, since the days when you would call the man Ray Knight, Ray Lopez, because his wife Nancy was better at her job than he was at his. Your boy Mud in L.A. has had your back, pimp. But that's not why I called. Victoria in NoCal. Er, Victor in NoCal. Er, in NoCal. And I call him that because nothing but crap comes out of his pie hole. And trust me, if there's one thing I know, it's crap. I clean it up all day long. Plus, I'm a Raiders fan. You got that you supercalifragilistic, supercilious scoundrel. Aloha means a hola. As in, I got a whole lot of toilets to clean up. An absolutely classic, classic call from a few years back. But Vic had a hell of a time adding to his list of impressions in the past year. He did. Like when he blew in as Fizzle in Wichita. Every time your boy Fizzle come in here looking to talk to the pimp, I got to go through that necromancer, that vampire you got man in the phones. Yo, look here, Chalk. Check this, man. Fizzle might not have your fancy pants, smarty pants, Ivy League degrees, but Fizzle got them street smarts. I'm going to ask you one last time. What's my name? Or how about that time he called in as Patrick in Kansas City? Arrowhead. Patrick, what's going on? Hey, well, me Pat Mahomes here, brother. I heard you were sounding like a frog this morning. I figured that'd be a good excuse for me to call you. I listened to your smack-off recently. I was not impressed by your roster of callers. The roster of smack-off callers is weaker than the wide receiver room in Kansas City. Oops, did I just say that out loud? But seriously, Rom, there's really only one guy from the smack-off who I think deserves my respect. You want to take one guess as to who that is? Broadway Vic. Correct him under, Rome. That guy is unbelievable. I see a lot of myself in him. 
then there was his most recent impression, which I'm not even sure many of you fully realize was Vic. And I'm not really sure that Vic truly wants to claim credit for it anyway. But here is Vic as Bella's cat. Bella has been keeping me in a state of neglect and disrepair. My hair has grown wild and bushy. I am unkempt. Wow. Wow, Vic. Bella's cat. By the way, he was so pissed that we ran him for that. Vic and NoCal, a.k.a. Broadway, your 2010 champ. He has hit the podium at the last two main events. He is still completely and totally focused on snatching another strap, which could absolutely happen eight days from right now. I want to stress, over the last calendar year, nobody with that pedigree has come in as often and as hard as Vic has. Victor, as always, looking forward to your call. And the rest of you, prepare for carnage. Beef about anything you want, except for the fact that the beef segment is going away. Do not beef about that. All right, let's start it off. We go, in fact, I'll start you off with the beef. It happened again. I was driving to Starbucks this morning. I got there at 5, 10 a.m. Three cop cars outside my Starbucks. A sign on the window, closed. Hey, listen, I'm not here to crack on that Starbucks. I love them. I love the people who work there. I love that store. I'm fully dependent upon that. That's the second time, though, in like the last two weeks that I've gone there at just after 5 o'clock, and it hasn't been open. Man, that bleep is non-negotiable. That nitro has got to get in my system before I get here. That's my beef. Yo, box, what's going on, dude? You're supposed to be the most reliable thing in the world. All right, let's do it. That's my start. Let's go to Pomona. Anthony in Pomona. Anthony, what is your beef? Hey, Rome. Uh, my beef is with that low-fat cupcake Kevin Durant and his thin skin. Like, bro, you don't have to respond to every online troll that takes a run at you. And you're a champion. Well, I mean, that's only when Papa Curry lets you take out your rings around the house. Anyways, you walk around with that stank puss on on your face like they keep skipping you in the line at the deli counter. You should just get back to uh, collapsing in the first round of the playoffs like you always do. I got a pick for the smack-off. It's the Laguna Beach bully. Oh, yeah, and to that line-stealing, three-liter killing, ramp-taking, big-dog-wearing slob Jeff and Richmond. No one wants to walk with you or smell what you're cooking because it's probably your stump you left tanning in the sun. Okay? Party's over, Grandpa. Oh, yeah, and uh, war... That was a lot of beef. That's why he got run. Not for anything he said, but that he just kept saying it. It's just too long. Set it up, knock it down, get in, get out. It was good, though. It was a good call. Anthony, that's why you got run. You just went on too long. Call back in a normal segment with that, and you get racked and probably end up on a watch list. He thinks that he's not good enough to get on that watch list and call back. I'm like, dude, that was not a beef. That was an actual call and a good one at that. Let's go to San Antonio. Michael, Michael, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. My beef is with my family. I asked before I leave the house, do we need anything else? I'll throw it on my list. 
crickets, blank stares. Okay, well, I'll be back in a bit. Get to the store. I'm getting 50 texts about stuff to grab. I just asked you four seconds ago. Don't let me be in line or I left the store. If I left, I ain't going back. That's going to have to wait till next time. That's my beef, bro. I feel you, dude. I think that's legit. That's a good beef. I get that. I got a beef. I can add that beef. Dodger Jano, when we're in line. First of all, going to the store with Dodger Jano is my beef. I hate that, man. She is so meticulous and takes so long. But I, I love you, sweetheart. My beef is being in line with Dodger Jano, who always forgets something and goes to the back end of the store to get it while the checker is done ringing us up and everybody's looking at me. And Dodger Jano is like, what? What? What's your problem? Here I am. Here I am. It happens every time. Here we are. Here the bleep we are, DJ. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Portland. Jeff. Jeff, what's your beef? Hey, Romy. Uh, my girlfriend is the Amber in Portland, hmm. a.k.a. Portland woman, and my beef is with her. She is such a Sasquatch that when she takes her bi-monthly shower, the drain gets totally plugged. Hey, babe, how about you clean my pipes instead of plugging them? Come on, dude. You don't like You did cup. not. I like that cup. Not a very good cup. Wow, man. Come on. It, it, it's a good thing this is the last beef segment of the season. How was that going to be all right, Jeff? You know it wasn't. Just as you know that that's not your girlfriend. Or maybe it is, man. Amber's got an attitude. I would think that she would end up with a guy with a bad attitude. And that's you, Jeff. Probably not. Wow, dude. Let's go to Milwaukee. Evan in Milwaukee, what is your beef? Hello, jump man. When I'm sick, my beef is with both of my girlfriends telling me, you need to drink plenty of fluids. You need to have some soup and vitamin C. You need to get lots of rest. Look, I appreciate the concern, but I'm 35 years old, man. I've been down with the sickness. I understand what the human body needs to get right. Okay, thank you, jump man, and thank you, Alan. Goodbye. You got it, Evan. Not bad. How we got to the end of that phone call, I have no idea, but I'm just glad we did. <laughs> he trolled Alvin right to his face, and Alvin just let that go. Alvin's like, who's Alan? You. He Alan'd you, Thank you, dude. Alan. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. You don't have two girlfriends. They don't tell you what to do when you're sick. You're not down with the sickness. There was all BS, including Alvin being Alland and Alan letting that slide. Thank you, Alan. All right. Let's, let's keep going. Let's go to Baco. Bradley in Bakersfield. Bradley, what's your beef? Yes, Jim Rome. Yes, Bradley in Bakersfield. We're doing good. Ah! No. You don't like that cup. I don't like that cup. Bro, the irony in that is you're giving Baco a bad name and your beef was with people giving Baco a bad name. Come on, man. Turn your radio off or be ready 
Here's how this works. You're on hold. I will come to you. You don't know when I'm going to come to you, but just be ready. There aren't that many people in front of you. And I'm going to say your name, and I'm going to say your town, and I'm going to ask you what your beef is. And if you want to acknowledge me, go ahead and just say, hey, Rome, what's up? My beef is. It's as easy as that. You don't need to reset the whole thing. Hey, Jim Rome. Hey, Bradley in Bakersfield. I gave you a second chance. You didn't deserve that even. But I gave you that second chance, and then you still weren't ready. I'm great. What's going on? How are you? Ah. Alan is not going to tolerate that. Thank you, Alan. Alan is paid to not tolerate that. Wow, the callers suck today, but they're such a train wreck, I cannot take my eyes off them. Let's try another one. Ryan in Sacktown. I know he'll be ready. I just don't know if it'll be good. Ryan, what's your beef? Hey, what's up, Jimmy? Score another win for Bakersfield. Hey, uh, my beef is with James in Portland. James, pull your head out of the Rexer, put your big boy pants on, borrow Amber in Portland's cup, step up to the plate, and get your golden ticket back. You make it better. Show up on the 30th, man. Rhino out. All right, you self-glossed. So, you should, Alan, you should have run him for that. He rhinoed himself. You don't call him rhino. Oh, no. Thank you. You don't like that color. I don't like that color. But at least he knows his lane. Not a very good color. Ryan in Sacktown is actually good at the beef segment. And he knows his brand. He played right off that Bakersfield call. He should have hung up right after the Bako blast. But at least he's staying where he is. 1-800-636-636. 8686. Let's stay with the calls. I'm trying to stay in here and hang in there as long as I possibly can because it is the last beef segment of the season. Let's go to Kathleen in Omaha. Is she still there because she's not on my call bank? Kathleen, what's your beef? Watch his face from yesterday is another dunce pocket chump stain. Instead of being attacked by a goose, he can be attacked by crows, then bear to lie with scorpions and crabs. Forget all of that. I'll just rip his spine out and set him on fire. Cruelty to people who deserve it. It's fabulous fun. Um, thank you, Kathleen. What the hell did any of that even mean? And who was she talking about? I mean, normally I understand maybe 25% of what Kathleen says. I understood 0% of that. What language are you speaking, Methleen? Not the language that the rest of us are speaking. I have no idea what any of that meant at all. I can't decode any of that. How is it possible that with all the reps, she's getting worse, not better? It's incredible. 1-800-636-8686. Let's try Houston. Mike in H-Town. It's good to have you, Mike. What's your beef? Jim. My beef is with Jim Guy, who doesn't re-rack his weights, and then you're glaring at him while he's standing over there looking in the mirror, dancing to his music. Leave the dance moves at, away from the gym. It's okay. You're doing it at the club. I don't want to see your tight shorts and shirts dancing out. All right, Mike, not bad, especially given what the crew that you're rolling with today, that was actually awesome. 
Chuck, what are we going to do here? Are we going to continue to take the calls? Let's try one more. This guy's done it before. I trust him. Ed in San Antonio. Ed, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. I, this made me more of a PSA. It's like, ladies, women, stop it with the lip injections. Holy moly. Big lips don't make your butt look small. It makes you look like a cross between Donald Duck and Billy Idol. Save the money for something a little more useful, like a Peloton or gym membership. War organic lady clones. All right, Ed. Thank you very much. How about the written version? Are we moving on to that, or do you feel like you want a phone call? All right, here's what we'll do. I'm going to read some beefs, which gives you a chance to call. 1-800-636-8686. Dear Jim, my beef is with Bidet Guy. This guy has replaced Crypto Guy as the most insufferable bag on the circuit. If watering your butt is so life-changing, why don't you let me swing by and drop a curler in your pot next time I'm in the neighborhood so I can see for myself? No? Then STFU while I'm trying to enjoy my coffee. Brett in Bugaha. Jim. My beef is lazy co-workers who put more effort into getting out of doing the work that they were hired for than if they actually just did the work that they're hired to do. Then they stand around and they complain all day about their job. Dang, I'm 30 years older than you. Get your ass moving. Best regards, BZ in Pensacola. At Steel underscore tweets. My beef is with people who say, gotcha, after you say something to them. Nothing says, I'm not listening to you, more than, gotcha. No, you don't get me. You know who does that to me a lot? James Kelly. And I know that, I don't, I know he's listening to me, but when he says, oh, got it, gotcha, what he's really saying to me is, I don't give a damn what you just said. Am I right, Head? Romster, my beef, he wrote fair. He says fair. He did not disagree with me. I know, because I'm right, dude. When you say got it, what you're really saying is I don't agree or I don't care. Romster. My beef is with post-workout sweat-soaked t-shirts. Why the hell do I have to pretend to be Harry Houdini escaping a straitjacket to remove this thing? Wore an hour of cardio and an hour of weight seven days a week. Mark in El Paso. That's pretty good. Romeward bound. My beef is with bicycle guy. I'm all for riding to stay in shape, but is the full spandex outfit with fake sponsor logos and the race helmet really necessary? Hey, Lance Arm Week. You're a 54-year-old CPA. You're not going to qualify for the Tour de France. Gary in the D. Detroit. Not the city wasting Luca's greatness. My beef is with the person who says, well, look who decided to show up after you get back from vacation. Hey, loser. I take my vacations because I get my vacations. Unlike you who spends theirs faking sick in order to take off every Monday and Friday to have three or four day weekends. Hassan in Oakland. I have a beef 
with guys who spit their gum into the urinal. What's up with that? Put it in the trash, fool. Bob in a Royal Grande gaucho parent. Borderline on a bathroom beef, which we do not allow, but it's true. Which brings me back to a beef I said the other day. I've got beefs with idiots who show up at a gas station or someplace else and they've got a can or a glass or a cup of a watered-down Big Gulp that they no longer want and they open up their door and they just dump it on the ground. Hey, you fat pig. I'm looking at you, lady. Walk four steps and just throw the cup away. And she looked at me and she's like, what are you looking at? I'm looking at you, fat pig. How do you not? I mean, I was so offended. Why do you do that? Four steps. Two of the steps are required to put the gas in your tank anyway. You pig, get out of your car and walk your big gulp over to the trash can. It's an additional two and a half steps, which you need anyway, pig. Still mad at that because I see it all the time. Rome Master, my beef is with you. The wife and I were just finishing a conversation that included her going to our Prescott property days before me. She stated that I always come late because I don't want to socialize with her family. I deny it. Lie to her. Then minutes later, while listening to your show, you state why you go late to your lake house. She called us both asses and changed the station. Unwar women and their feelings. Ron in Colorado. Sorry about that, bro. I mean, truly, I am sorry about that. I was just being real. But my being real got you in trouble because you were being unreal with her. But we have the same take. You got to own it, bro. Hey, Rome, my beef is with my father-in-law and the way he treats beef. First, he has me turn a beautiful Delmonico steak into a hockey puck. Then he proceeds to dip said hockey puck into a mixture of A1 sauce and yellow mustard, all while complaining about how tough the steak is. Yeah, dude, that tends to happen when you burn the hell out of a quality piece of meat. Drez in Seatown, unward the beef offseason. What did I say, Drez? Don't do that. Rome, I got a beef with the area in Vegas. Stayed there for the first time this last Friday night. Sure, it's nice. But it's just a bougie ass place full of pretentious clientele, obnoxious fragrance being pumped into the casino, and way too many working girls at 3 in the morning. Aria, my bad. Give me an old-school theme resort like Bellagio or Paris any day. Dave and Chino, that's interesting. Did you, were you part of a party? Did you choose it? Why not go old-school? I like that Bellagio is considered old school. I remember when DJ and I used to go to the Bellagio not long after it opened, man. It was the nicest place on the Strip. But then I remember, and I'm dating myself, I remember when we went to the Mirage after it opened, and it was the nicest place on the Strip. I remember going to all of the nicest places on the Strip. But my favorite place back in the day was the DI. I love the DI. The Desert Inn. 
off the strip, old school, had a hookup, loved it. I've been chosen for a Vegas run lately. I admit it. Haven't gone in a while. Haven't gone since James Kelly put his feet up in a business meeting, started dropping F-bombs and wanted to know why he wasn't offered a cocktail to a client that we were trying to get money from. Not surprisingly, we didn't get money from them, Kelly. Shaquille Romneal, my beef is with everyone that is hyping up the Elon v. Zuck fight. I've already seen this fight before in the movie, Alien versus Predator. V in the fee wore Jeff Bezos fighting Bill Gates in a who can creep out women more fight. Nice job, VD. All right. As is the case with VD in the fee, I've mentioned every single submission is subject to my judging. To the chopper. Is he holding? He's got a golden ticket. Still holding. 12 wood. My beef is with people who talk too much. You'd think after my 16th gotcha, you take a freaking hint. It, 12 wood. You, you, that's rich. I mean, I have the same beef with people who talk too much. However, you having that beef. It says, my Amber. Amber is responding to her, quote, boyfriend. My beef is with my boyfriend trying to call in and call me a Sasquatch in the beef segment. What the hell? Yes, that was my boyfriend. Also, Methwing gonna meth. She's a tweaker on another level. Amber in Portland. War lady She's holding. She's in. Damn, Amber, th- that really was your boyfriend. I didn't think so. I was wrong. She is still holding. All right, let's go back to the phones. I'm going to stretch it out. This is our last beef segment of the season. Let's go to Ty in Boise. Good to have you, Ty. What's your beef? Hey, Jim, my beef is with Ryan in Sucktown, Anthony in Pomona, and big jacked-up trucks that take dips, turns, bumps, all at two miles an hour. You bought that truck for a reason. Press on the gas so it'll get the hell out of the way. Warm methylene being so jacked out of her mind that she can't even make it through a call without speaking some type of foreign language we don't know. All right, Ty, 1-800-636-8686. I don't think it's foreign, but I do think that it's a language she made up, and none of us understand it. Let's go to John in Philly. Hey, John, what's up? What's your beef? Hey, Jim. Uh, my beef is when I get off my meds and then I can't find them. I think I'm out. Out of meds or out? Or both? My beef? Good luck, dude. I hope you find your meds. Dude, you need your meds. I've heard you off your meds. My bro, you need your meds. Let's go to Eric. In the south side, Eric, my brother, what's your beef? My beef is with me, Jim. The last two years, I've chosen Paul's dog to win the smack off. Now, after listening to Brendan Corona 
and left this week and some really self-deep reflection, I'm selecting the Laguna Beach Bully to win Smack-Off 29. So, War Jeff and Richin, Richmond catching the Lawrence Sipagonga from his trophy wife, er, night dancer, and needing a doctor's note to prove why he didn't call in for the event next Friday. Hey, Jeff, good night now. Eric and Southside. <laughs> it's still all about Jeff, isn't it? Is he going to call? If he does call, how's it going to go? Is he going to win? 1-800-636-8686. I think we'll walk it off on that. All right, so there is your beef segment for this season. No more beef. Good night now!